When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Let Friggering Podcast. Uh, I know it's been quite a minute since the last episode. Um, there's been a lot of things going on uh, with internally with Ring X Media, uh, obviously with the election, and I'm sorry that there hasn't been many episodes, but starting today... I promise you every Monday you will get some type some type of episode, uh, whether or not it's an hour long like normal or if it's just 30 minutes of me turning on a camera and a microphone and ranting, you will get uh, something because there are a lot of news stories that do need to be covered. There's a lot of a lot of ideas that do need to be covered and a lot of things that a lot of you guys have um, have been needing from me. I've been absent from social media as much recently. I've been absent uh, from the podcast, obviously, I think the last episode was over a month ago. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm absolutely sorry, but I promise moving forward, all my attention will be, um, to the future of the country, the future of this, this podcast and the future of the Republican party, because that's, that's what's most important now. So as everyone knows, uh, 19 days ago, uh, we all gathered and we had an election and the election did not go as we had hoped in a lot of places. The election did not go as we would want. Um, I, on this podcast, actually, I've said multiple, multiple times that Trump would win um, by a landslide, by an electoral landslide, and it, it seems that that didn't happen. Um, one thing that I do think is important to remember is that Trump got about, I think, roughly 9 million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016, and I think that shows that a lot of people liked his liked his policies and liked liked what he did for the country. But obviously as it stands now, it looks like um it, it looks like Joe Biden will be taking the inaugural oath on January twentieth, twenty twenty. That's not me saying that I want I want that to happen. I, I don't want that to happen. I wanted President Trump to be taking that. You know, I was one of the first people to come out and support President Trump publicly. Uh President Trump has done a lot of good things not only for my generation but for the rest of the country. He's somebody who I think um, was what we needed in 2016. We still need in 2020, but as it stands, it does appear that that Joe Biden will take the electoral oath. And I know that a lot of you guys listening, if you didn't turn it off, please. I hope you don't turn it off. Just listen um, to this. A lot of you guys are waiting on Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and everyone to release to release evidence. And I'm waiting for it too. I'm waiting to see it because I think that. No matter what happens, I want to see more transparency. I do think that there, I think there was an amount of voter fraud in this election that was greater than zero. Now, is it six percent? Is it 
0.5%? I don't know. I wasn't at every polling location in the country as, as nobody else was because that would just be impossible. So if Sidney Powell does have evidence, I need her to come out. And one thing that I think is important to remember, because I, I live in the state of Georgia, one thing that I think is important to remember is it's important to, to remember that no matter what happens with Trump or Biden, whoever does assume, whoever takes the inaugural oath on January 20th, it's important to remember that we have another election coming up in two and four years. Now, I know a lot of my followers and a lot of people listening to this have a lot of doubts about the sincerity of the election, as I've had before. But as it stands now, the current ratings are 290 to 232. But again, it's not over until it's over. It's not over until, I believe, December 14th, um, December 14th, when the election is finalized and the Electoral College meets. It's not over till then. And then even again, Congress can vote to uh, throw out the election. But I do want to take a moment um, to, to just speak to you guys. Because I think that a lot of times, you know, when we have 280 character limits on tweets, you can't really get true information across. So as many of you guys know, I live in Georgia, the great state of Georgia. I've said it's better than Texas for years now. So in Georgia, we have one of the most conservative governors in the country and Brian Kemp. Sorry, let me turn off my phone. One of the most conservative governors in the country named uh, and Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp is a man who served as secretary of state before and was in, I believe, the state house or the state senate. Brian Kemp's a man I've known for years. He's a really good man. The problem is, this is the problem. I'm going to pull this up from a guy I know in the state of Georgia. The idea that Brian Kemp somehow wanted wanted um, Joe Biden to win is crazy. I, Brian Kemp is not a Joe Biden fan. Brian Kemp did not sell the election. Trust me. Brian Kemp's pockets have been doing well for a while. He has been, he, he's a successful businessman before he turned a politician with much like our president. So I, I texted a friend of mine who does a lot of work, um, with the government of Georgia. Good friend of mine. I said, what do you think of all the people telling uh, governor Kemp to resign slash calling for someone to primary him in 2022? Um, he said, once the dust settles, people will start to know the truth about who is to blame for the fiasco. The Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who has also been um, been on the receiving end of targeting from from uh, President Trump, and the, is a constitutional office that does not report to the governor. Basically, saying that Brad Raffensperger is does not he he doesn't report to the governor. The governor can't fire him. It's not like it's not like the Secretary of State inside the U.S. Uh, Brad Raffensperger was elected by a popular vote of the state of the residents of the state of Georgia. And also neither does the speaker. Both are culpable for not tightening election laws to stop this BS. So what he's referring to is back in, I want to say March, there was a bill that would have strengthened election laws in the state. The bill would have, you know, increased the threshold for absentee ballots. The election, the, the, the bill would have increased um, residency verifications, I believe. And if we wanted, and if we wanted to make a case to do it, we should have done it then. We should have, we should have done it then. But unfortunately, I believe we we let it as it stands now. Anyone throughout the state could request one. Um, I believe everybody, everybody in the state can request one so long as they've been a voter. And we did change it to anybody who is over sixty five, 
auto, got auto mailed a ballot, I believe, which I don't think should happen. Personally speaking, I don't think that should happen. And he goes on to say, if they don't get it done this legislative session, it won't matter who the Republican candidate is in 22. Because if we keep allowing these absentee ballots to come in, there's going to continue to be further and further doubt within within the election. Um, yeah, so that so getting off of that, that's 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 what I, I, I pretty much agree with him there. Governor Kemp would have done anything to make sure President Trump wins. Unfortunately, the state House and state Senate did not send him a bill that would tighten laws. Now, I do know I've heard from a number of state House members um, in 20, that in 2021, there will be a few things that get that get um, that get sponsored that should help with this problem. But let's get back to the state of the 2020 race as we have it now. So the current ratings, as I said, are 292.32. It's not over. Um, yesterday, Donald Trump filed for. I'm recording this on Sunday. So yesterday, as in Saturday, Donald Trump reco- um, basically said uh, filed for a recount in the state of Georgia. Uh, right now, there's a recount going on in Wis- a couple of counties in Wisconsin, and there's a recount going on. I want to say in Pennsylvania. I want to say I could be wrong there. I'm not quite sure why he uh, requested a recount in the state of Georgia. Georgia has a law on the books that if it is within 0.5%, I believe, if it's within half a percentage point, there's an auto recount. We already had an auto recount. And the, the last auto recount I do have to say is, you know, I'm not sure if there's fraud in Georgia. I know that the Secretary of State's office is investigating a lot of things right now. I'm not sure if there is a lot of mainstream fraud in Georgia or if it goes down to human error. But I do find it a bit convenient that all the errors are in favor of Joe Biden. There was a county, I want to say it was DeKalb County, um, that instead of their their report saying that Joe Biden won by 1,000 votes, they said he won by 10,000 votes, which is a big difference considering I believe it's currently a 9,000 vote difference, or sorry, a 12,000 vote difference in the state of Georgia. I will tell you one thing that it looks like happened in the state of Georgia that really lost in the election um, if everything was 100% secure. Now, again, recount will go back through. We'll see. I do know that everyone, every member of my my state, uh, every member of my state legislation that I've talked to, they want to make sure that everything, all legal ballots get count, all legally cast ballots get count, get counted. I, I was at my county's GOP meeting over the week. Uh, in the past week on Wednesday, and there was a poll worker there who said that she, obviously being a poll worker, she was at the polls all the time from the day early voting started. So she went to vote at her precinct, and they said she'd already voted. Obviously, she had not voted. So that that that's a problem. There was a guy there who had a ballot auto mailed to him that he he didn't request. So while I do agree that there is fraud, and I do think it needs to be investigated, I do think that it's also important to focus not on what happened November 3rd, but what's happening on January 5th. So on January 5th, control of the Senate will rest on Georgia. And trust me, I have turned off my TV. I don't turn on my TV. I don't turn on the radio. And I'm not turning on the radio until January 6th because I'm tired of hearing about John Ossoff, about Raphael Warnock, Kelly Leffler, and David Perdue, the four people running for the two U.S. Senate seats. Now, for those of you who don't know how Georgia's laws work, uh, Senator Isaacson, uh, you know, a man who served our country greatly uh, in the Air National Guard and served my state greatly within uh, the elected offices he held, uh, he had to resign back in 2019 because he he had 
Parkinson's. And I actually got to have one of his last interviews for a college class. Uh, he's such a nice guy. He is what I hope the future of the Republican Party can be. So he had to step down back in 2019 due to Parkinson's. So what, and through Georgia law, President, or sorry, Governor Kemp got to appoint his successor. And a lot of hats were in the ring. A lot of people threw their name in the ring and said, hey, consider me. Uh, most notably was uh, Doug Collins out of uh, GA-14. Uh, Doug Collins, uh, you know, U.S. House representative. Sorry, GA-9, sorry. Uh, Doug Collins threw his hat in the ring, and it turned out that Governor Kemp chose uh, a girl named Kelly Leffler. And, you know, that's, that was the governor's decision, and she has been, to her credit, kind of really conservative within the Senate. And to not her credit, what a lot of people are saying is, well, of course, it's an election year. You knew you were coming up for election. So what happened in the Senate runoff for that, for, for Isaacson seat, for the Isaacson seat, is that there was, I believe, 18 or 19 names on the ballot. There was, most notably of which was Raphael Warnock, who got around 32 to 34% of the vote. Kelly Leffler got about 27%. Doug Collins got right under 20 and the rest of the votes kind of, you know, split between Republicans and Democrats. So Republicans won that race overall by the by the sheer number of votes. Nobody just got over 50%. And also, big props to the Georgia Democratic Party. I should write you guys a thank you card for not vetting Raphael Warnock before you guys propped him up to run. Raphael Warnock is one of the most radical people to run in Georgia since Stacey Abrams. Even she, He might even be more radical, honestly. You know, Raphael Warnock is, is a pastor. And he's the pastor of MLK's former church. But Raphael Warnock has been on the record as saying that uh, you can't serve God and you can't and serve the military. Uh, he's been on the record saying that as a pastor, he supports the right to abortion. A lot of things that are kind of like, what, what, what are you talking about? You know, the Bible I read says that before you were born, Jesus knew you. Before you were born, God knew you. God knew your life. So I don't know where he, he comes across. I don't think he's a fake Christian. I just don't know. I don't know where he went to seminary at, but I think it needs to be looked into. There's a lot of things that he said in the history, I guess, about Israel. Um, a lot of stuff is coming out. Apparently, he went to a rally for Fidel Castro. He refused to condemn him on Jake Tapper's show. But in that election, Kelly Leffler is facing off against Warnock one-on-one -on -one this time. And without the Libertarian vote, uh, it could be really well. And then the other election is... John Ossoff versus Senator David Perdue. John Ossoff came to, he came to notoriety in the past uh, in 2017 when he ran against Karen Handel for Georgia's sixth congressional district. Um, back when Tom Price was selected by the president to serve uh, in the White House, so that's where John Ossoff came from. And David Perdue won the race. He won the race by, I believe, two or three points, but unfortunately, David Perdue got something around 49.97 percent of the vote instead of you know the, the required 50 plus one so this the fate of the election will come down to georgia because if if joe biden gets inaugurated and if there's a 50 50 time in the senate if they flip both seats because let's be honest it's very unlikely that somebody goes out and votes for david purdue and doesn't vote for kelly or goes out and votes for Raphael warnock and doesn't vote for john ossoff it's either going to be they're either going to flip the senate keep it 50 50 or they're going to 100 percent we're going to keep 100% control of the Senate, and that's a very light control. I mean, we still have Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, but it's very light control. Also, uh, if you're in Alaska, uh, keep in mind, 
Murkowski's up for re-election in 22. So let's see if we can maybe get her out of there. See if we can find someone to primary her. Because a lot of people on the Medicare vote, or sorry, on the Obamacare vote, they remember John McCain uh, casting the decisive no vote on that. But I think you have to remember, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins also voted no. It wouldn't matter what John McCain voted if either Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski would have helped the Republican Party keep their message. So keep in mind, in 2022, I know Sarah Palin, like the day after that vote, tweeted 2022 question mark. So who knows? Maybe she'll throw her hat in the ring for that Senate race. Anyone would be better than Lisa Murkowski at this point, but that's that. I actually, you know, I've invited Lisa Murkowski to come onto the show. I haven't heard back, but I, you know, I'd love to have her come on the show and, you know, discuss what happened. But um, I also, I have a guest today. Her name is Miss Juanita Broderick. Uh, Miss Juanita, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Juanita Broderick. Uh, I am 77 years old, and I am a huge Trump supporter. I'm a retired registered nurse and a retired uh, nursing home owner. And, um, of course, I did write a book. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've, I've read the book. It's a really good book. And, and she's actually selling signed copies of her book right now. Can you tell them where they can go get that? Uh, at com. I definitely recommend the book. It's a great read for anybody who doesn't know about Miss Juanita's life. So Miss Juanita, um, as I'm sure you've seen, and this is actually something that I think you can attest to a little bit more, you being a former uh, nurse and nursing home owner, um, the left has started to push that, um, to, that we should cancel American traditions like Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, some people like Gavin Newsom out in California stated that you shouldn't have more than like 10 people in a room and you should actually have it outside if you want to use the restroom, you should sanitize it. And uh, what's actually crazy, I'm not sure if you saw, is Gavin Newsom actually attended a birthday party for like one of his political advisors um, with members of different households. Uh, what do you what do you take of, of the left trying to cancel, you know, these American traditions? And what do you think of these crazy COVID lockdowns? Well, I think I'm so fortunate to live in Arkansas because we don't have to abide by the democratic rule there. And I think you might have seen on Twitter this morning where uh, the two largest Republican states, Florida and Texas, said there would be no more lockdowns. We've not suffered that here in Arkansas. You'll have, you have to wear a mask in or a little face shield of some kind in the businesses, but it's relaxed. Our lives have really stayed pretty much the same. The only thing that isn't open around here uh, is like the movie theater. And I have no idea when it will, you know, reopen uh, forever, you know, in, in the future. But my life, but I'm, I, I live under a Republican governor. And this is what's so sad. These people that live in these Democratic-run states are absolutely, their, their rights are taken away, Noah, completely. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. I, I obviously live in Georgia, and obviously Miss Juanita lives in Arkansas, good Southern uh, Republican states. I mean, we'll see what yes. goes on with the election here, if we voted blue or not. But um, oh. no, my, I was just talking to my grandma about this today. She lives in Delaware, um, which is not a Republican state by any stretch. Mm -hmm. And they have stringent mask, uh, mask mandates. And Governor Kemp actually was one of the only governors, I believe, maybe Christy Nome in South Carolina or South Dakota, uh, did this. But he actually said that individual cities uh, and counties and municipalities can't force mask mandates. That only businesses can, which I, I definitely support, um, because I think it's probably smart to wear a mask. I don't know 
if it helps at all. But it's kind of like the old paradox is if I wear it and it doesn't help, I didn't lose anything, but a little bit of unpleasantness. And if I don't wear it, but it does help, maybe I cost a life or two. Right. I, I don't mind wearing it, but to absolutely. I think there was um, one state, I can't remember a city that said you can't even leave. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. It was Australia that, that are telling their people that in South Australia, they can't even go out of their homes. And that then is- some states are even saying you wear a mask when you're outside. You know, if you're outside alone, that's the most ridiculous thing that to me that you can possibly think of. Well, you know, there is, there is another one. There's uh being in your car alone with a mask on. I know. And you, do you ever see these people when you're in your car and you're driving and you look over and there they are with their mask on and they're in their car alone. That I do not understand. I have a friend uh, that I graduated from nurses training with. We were roommates. She's 78. I'm 77. And she tested positive. She still works part-time. And she tested positive for COVID and has had a slight runny nose. She's now out of quarantine and never had any symptoms. You know, this is, uh, this is a disease, a virus that is less dangerous than the H1N1. You know, when you think of the deaths and the people that it took, um, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous for our schools to be closed. Of course, they're not closed here. Uh, we have school in process here. So it, it's amazing. Yeah, no, I think, I think you know, the idea that closing sc- schools overall, it's a terrible idea. What Georgia did, actually, Georgia gave, Georgia set a guideline for if so many, if this percentage of students test positive, then you have to shut it down. Being, I mean, like, of course, if half the students in the school have it, you should probably close for two weeks. But oh. other than that, you get the, students get the option of in-person or virtual, um, right. which I think makes sense. Give people the option because one of the big reasons why even as we start to open back up is, you know, schools are there to teach kids, but they're also a daycare in a sense, meaning that you know your kids will be taken care of for eight hours a day and the average working is obviously eight hours a day. Right. right. And, but the thing is, they're saying that so many people are testing positive, but there's not, there's a decrease in death rate. Children do not normally get sick from this. They may get a slight cold, but the danger with the children is you're sending them back home to their grandparents and their parents and, and people who, who, who might have the disease more seriously. I just think it's great for them to have it. Now here we have, you can go online if you want to, but most of the kids here actually attend school. Yeah, that the same here. Um, what uh, what I remember that my my uh, cousin was really sad about is because her mom, I guess, is um like I guess uh, more susceptible to it being really bad. So it was her freshman year, and so she has to do it online, um, which obviously she's not a big fan of. But then she also is because she can sleep in. I don't know exactly how that works because I'm in college. Everything's pretty much online anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, well, moving into the next subject, because this is kind of all, all the subjects we'll cover today are kind of in tied is uh, social media censorship. So uh, you've posted in the past that many people have asked you why you're not verified. And I've gotten many of those same responses. My congressman has even asked uh, Jack Dorsey why I'm not verified. Um, what do you think is important to remember in regards to social media censorship? And what actions, if any, would you like to see the president or the Congress or like the courts take? 
I think they need to be held responsible. They have played a huge part in this 2020 election, Noah, and everybody knows that. You can't uh, disqualify some tweets or some posts on Facebook and not disqualify others. It should be open. That's what it is. It's social media. They should allow anything anybody wants to put on those forums unless it has to do with pornography or pedophilia or something like that that's dangerous. Uh, but I see it every day. Right now, I'm losing uh, uh, hundreds of followers every day. I was almost up to 470,000, and now I'm back down to 464, some 463, something like that. And you'd never hear this from Democrats, that they're losing followers. Uh, it's terrible, and we know it, but what can we do? I've signed up on Parlor. It's different, and it's difficult for me to learn Parlor, but I get up in the mornings and I go to Twitter for my news. Mm-hmm. I go to the people that I trust, you know, for the articles that they put up and things like that. And then I'll start tweeting throughout the day. And um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's very disheartening. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. One of the problems with like everybody moving to a Gab, a Parler, a Cloud Hub, whatever it may be, is that's while it's technically competition, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything because, you know, the idea of being on social media is I would say I have about 60,000 followers and my followers have been dropping a year ago this time. I was at 70,000 followers. Um, so about a, I'd say I have about 60,000, about all those people, obviously I'd say the vast majority of them are interested in conservative politics. So, you know, for me to for me to tweet it's going to people who are following me who are already conservative but the difference is if they retweet it you know let's say i, I you know i have I'm a lot of high schoolers who follow me who are followed by other high schoolers obviously in their schools that's what you lose by going to cloud hub is my followers will come but will my followers followers come will the middle of america come which i think just won't happen and we've also seen as i'm sure you're aware the the allegations with hunter biden we've covered them on the show I don't know if they're true or not, but the idea that mainstream America didn't get to hear it because the New York Post, the fourth most circulated newspaper in the country, was just taken off. Yeah, there was a there was a poll taken that over 35 percent of the voters never knew about the laptop, never knew that there was the possibility of the China involvement with the Bidens and the corruption that. I feel like is there, you know, and, and whether that will come out, whether, whether Joe Biden is able to steal this election, uh, surely that will come out in time, but I still have hope, Noah. I still have tremendous hope that, that something can be done to make this a fair election. Right. And, and my thought is, and I've talked to some Republican senators about this is if Biden does assume office in January, um, what if we just launch investigations full scale into the Biden family and into their dealing in the Senate? Cause we'll still hold the Senate regardless. Yes. That has to be done. You know, there's just too much information out there that this man enriched his family through Ukraine and through China. You know, it's, it's, it's there. Right. And I think one of the I think one of the reasons why it hasn't hit mainstream news is because I don't think the Bidens are alone. 
uh, I, from what I've heard, stuff like this happens all the time because as, as you know, like if like, for instance, president Trump's, they're not, they're not asking for Don Jr.'s tax records. They're asking for Donald Trump's because he's the one in office. So obviously I'm not saying there's corruption there, but I'm saying what happens a lot is you'll see like some six term Senator from Wyoming's son all of a sudden went from high school dropout to multimillionaire. And you just start to wonder why, because you know, that the name, uh, they, they make money through their names. Right. 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 Yeah. The same with Pelosi's son, you know, he was, tied right into that too and that's why i've always said that people say well why weren't the clintons why aren't they in jail for what all they've done they have too many deep state ties that would also that protect them that would also involve those people in their crimes i've always thought that yeah and that that's why people like you and you know countless others have never really got justice other than a few news stories throughout the last 20 years. Right. So uh, finally, this is kind of a simple question, kind of like what we've already been talking about is what do you think we'll see in the near future in regards to the election? And do you think that there was in quote widespread voter fraud, like millions I, and millions? Yeah, I, I do feel like there is even in Arkansas where they, where he won, you know, easily won here. They're now finding that it should have been uh, a bigger win because of the involvement of Dominion. They're now finding even that here in Arkansas. Uh, I go right along with what Lynn Wood says, that, that it was a landslide. I truly feel like Trump won in a landslide. Now, whether it will be proven, whether Giuliani or Lynn Wood or um, uh, the lady. Um, Sidney Powell. Yes, yeah. Uh, whether it will be proven, I don't know. They seem to feel like they can prove it, and I only hope that they will. Right. Um, well, one thing that I think we can all agree on, no matter what, is that if the media was fair and unbiased, um, it would have been Trump plus 10. The media mm-hmm. obviously gave Biden a lot of help in this election. And that's something actually that I'm not sure if you saw. So one of my favorite senators is Senator Josh Halley from Missouri. Oh, I love Josh Halley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. One of the things he's been pushing is um, he's been bringing up uh, the FEC violations that basically say like you're not allowed, that corporations aren't allowed to help campaigns uh, directly. And so what he's been arguing is that through the New York Post being censored, through all this stuff, that um, – that they've, that they've been helping him. And I think the FEC is actually looking into it. And the FBI, I believe, also has an ongoing investigation into Hunter, Hunter Biden. But one thing that I think, you know, we need to make clear, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, is there's a big difference between Bo and Hunter. Bo is somebody who, like, actually served honorably, was a really great man by all accounts. And that's one thing that I think Joe Biden kind of did well in the debate, is that, in the first debate, is that he said, he basically kept talking about Bo when Trump was talking about Hunter. And then after Trump said, no, we're talking about Hunter, they kind of dropped that story. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I would feel sorry for Joe Biden had he not been so involved. I mean, why would you take a son who has done so many, had so much poor judgment in the past and even had problems with drugs? Why would you let him go and be your front man that that just doesn't make sense to me at all no it it completely does and like what some people are pointing out is that um that hunter biden wasn't 
um, dishonorably discharged. He was like administratively discharged. And like, could it have something to do with the fact that his, his father is one of the highest ranking democratic Democrats in, in the country. I mean, I'm sure the same thing happens on the Republican side as well, but people are acting like if some random person whose family has no connection joins the Navy and does the same thing, they get dishonorably discharged and maybe court-martialed. Right. Right. I understand that. It's completely crazy. So you, you, you do think that there is hope. I, I know a lot scrolling through my Twitter. I know there's a lot of people. I know that in Pennsylvania right now, they're trying to uh, throw out about 600,000 votes. I know that they filed yesterday to, uh, they filed yesterday in order to, um, let me pull this up actually. So right now, as it stands, uh, the current ratings are 290 to 232. Um, and president Trump filed for a recount in two Wisconsin counties because you know, uh, Biden only has about about a 20,000 vote lead in Wisconsin as of now. Well, I, how can you justify going to bed on November the 3rd with a seven to 800,000 lead and then at 3.30 to 4 o'clock in the morning, all of these ballots come in that just have Joe Biden's name on them? I mean, they didn't vote for anybody else. And it just had Joe Biden checked. That, that, it, it just represents fraud in my mind. Right. And so another thing, so uh, I, I posted about this on Twitter. Uh, we're, I'll, we're recording this on Thursday, November 19th, uh, for everyone listening, because there could be updates as, as before this comes out. Um, so last night I was at my county's GOP meeting with our state senator, our state rep was there, and they were talking about what's going on because there's a lot of controversy in Georgia right now. Um, because I mean, if, if Trump, when, if Trump pulls off Georgia, this becomes, it comes down to like 274 to like 250 and that's a lot closer. Um, so there is, there's a lot of, a lot of things about Georgia and a couple of things. Uh, there was a guy there who he had just moved to the state of Georgia. I want to say maybe like May or June, he said, um, he registered a vote and what, what happened is the Republican party, sent out a bunch of applications for ballots to registered Republicans as you would do. Um, but he said he actually received an actual ballot. And then there was another girl there who was a poll worker. And she said that she, that there are a lot of people who came in with actual ballots, not like the application, but like actual ballots with, uh, with that had not applied for them. And the rule in Georgia this year was if you were over the age of 65, they would just auto send you one to your last address. If you have voted um, in that address in the past, but this guy obviously had never voted and he wasn't even 65. So mm-hmm. they, uh, and actually another thing to actually point out, sorry, is that poll worker. She, she, she's a poll worker. She was one of, one of the first people to actually vote um, at the location, obviously, cause she's there. And, mm-hmm. They uh they said that she had already voted basically, and she was like, well, obviously I didn't. They went through it. The idea, yeah. I mean, he won. Biden won Georgia by an estimated twelve thousand votes as it stands now. And in the past couple of days, they found fifty four hundred votes. I think sixty five percent of which were for Trump. So like that cut the margin out from fourteen to two thousand. The I, there needs to be a full spread investigation of this. And one of the most telling things is that if if Trump won Georgia by twelve thousand votes they would be recount audit everything. But since it's vice versa, they don't want anything to happen. I know. And it's also unfair. And, and you just keep thinking, why, why is it also unfair? Why are we in this predicament right now? I, 
you know, I, I keep wondering why more wasn't done before the election to check out how people were going to vote. I mean, I know Trump has been saying that the mail-in votes are, are going to be fraudulent, but why couldn't something be done before then, Noah? Yeah, no, I think that's another problem. So one thing that uh, really prominent uh, like radio guy in Georgia, and his name's Eric Erickson, has said on he said on Twitter, is that there that at least Georgia, and I would assume every other state, that there should be um, that the absentee ballot rule should say if you are you can only request an absentee absentee ballot if you're active duty military station somewhere not in Georgia, if you are currently debilitated, meaning like you know you can't get into the polls, if you are currently infirmed, you're in the hospital or you are over the age of 70 and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there just should have been some better rules, but I, and I, and I don't know why there wasn't, there will be in the future, but that doesn't help us right now. Yeah. I think we'll see. So Florida has one of the most tight, strict election things because of what happened in 2000. I think we'll see a lot of States do it. I know my state rep was talking last night and we had, we had the same person we had the same company doing our elections for roughly 10 years. And the secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger, uh, basically decided to go with Dominion over uh, whoever the, I can't think of the other company because Dominion looked cheaper. But what they didn't look into was that Dominion didn't provide. Um, Cause I'm sure in Arkansas, it's the digital one as well, right? Where right. you print it out, it gives you, and then you scan it into that. Well, the other one had provided, um, provided additional security and provided um, the actual printer. So it seemed more expensive, but overall it wasn't. So I know wow. that he's looking into a way to basically get rid of Dominion um, because Dominion caught like, and there was even one County where a software error caused it made it look like a thousand votes for Biden were 10,000 votes. And that's a big difference. Oh my. Yeah. And there's so many States that, checked out Dominion and said, no, there's too much uh, way for fraud to occur there. Right. It's completely, it's completely. And one last, one last question before I let you go is what do you make of the Democrats who for four years were saying, you know, Russia rigged the election, Russia rigged the election. Now to saying our elections are hundred percent secure and our elections are 100% fair and Trump should just accept the results. Oh, that's the way, that's the way it will always be, you know, regardless of who the candidate is, you know, it's going, it's going to be that way. They think that they have control and they, even though President Trump was president, they didn't like it. They wanted to do anything they could do to change that 2016 vote. And of course they're all, they, they think they're always right. It's, it's it's uh, it's upsetting. It really is. Well, Miss Juanita, thank you so much for coming on. Tell the people where they can find you. Oh, at com is my website. And on uh, Twitter, I'm A-Tennis-Nut, A-T-E-N-S-N-U-T. Awesome. And for those of you listening, I will link all that down below. Thank you so much for coming on, Miss Juanita. All right. And a big thanks to Miss Juanita for coming on. Uh, the reason you saw my shirt different. I didn't just change that quickly is because I actually interviewed Miss Winita a few days ago. I believe on Thursday it was. So that is why you saw me. I, I looked rough. Don't tell my girlfriend. She might break up with me, but I also wanted to cover one last thing. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse apparently has been bailed out of jail. I guess what had happened before is 
Um, an Illinois judge had decided, I guess, not to not to prosecute him. So then Wisconsin could, and Wisconsin has now released him on bail. Um, a lot of prayers to the Rittenhouse family. I don't think Kyle did anything wrong. I also have said this in the past. I don't think Kyle should have been there with a gun. You know, I'm 19. He's 17. It's not that far apart in age. You know, I'm a big conservative, as all you guys know, but I, I'm not going to go to a protest with a gun. And I know the argument is that he was there to to help render aid and everything, but it's still, it's, it's, it's a, you can say wrong case or wrong place at the wrong time, but you can't really say that if you voluntarily went to the wrong place and something crazy happened, you know, I, I don't think Kyle should be in jail, but I, again, I just think it would be a lot better if Kyle was at his house doing homework versus what he was doing. So, you know, a lot of prayers going out to the Kyle Rittenhouse family. Definitely. If you can find any way to help, definitely make sure that you vote or that you vote that you Donate to the campaigns of both Senator Kelly Leffler or Senator David Perdue. Uh, call into phone bank and do everything because this race will determine the next two years. Because if we can put a stop on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Kamala, Kamala, how do you say it? Is it Kamala, Kamala? I'm not sure. I just know that a lot of people get mad when you say it the wrong way. If you put put a stop on uh, Harris and Biden it will do a lot of wonders uh, for 2020 because no matter what happens in the 2020 race, if you look past the presidential race, Republicans gained about 13, 14 seats, roughly about 13 seats, 12, 13 seats in the house. Uh, and there's still two that actually could come in favor for the Republicans. We'll see how that all plays out. I'll keep you guys posted, but Nancy Pelosi and the DRCC are, are absolutely scared right now because they don't know what's going to happen because you on one side, you have, Connor Lamb, Abigail Spanberger, who lost purple districts or won purple districts by like a margin of a vote. Uh, Abigail Spanberger in VA seven. I can't think of the name. Connor Lamb out of Pennsylvania running against Sean Parnell. The Democratic Party is currently infighting about where they want to go. Do they want to bow down to the squad? Do they want to stand up and be the party they were twenty years ago? There will be a lot of a lot of things there. But if they if the squad keeps maintaining power you'll see the republicans in 2022 take back the house by a demanding vote and you'll see republicans gain in the senate um but with all that with all that said thank you for tuning into this episode of the let freedom ring podcast i hope that you guys uh like the like comment and subscribe and let me know if you, as always if you have any questions you can email me noah at noahring.org and i will respond cover it in, the, in the podcast thank you guys so much you guys have a good rest of your day The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.